1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit hyundaiusa.com for more details. Hyundai.
0: There's joy in every journey. You're listening to the Go Birds Pod, a Radio.com podcast about your beloved birds. Ladies and gentlemen, the coffee from La Colombe just tastes a little tastes a little sweeter, tastes a little more refreshing this morning as uh, welcome into uh, episode number 45 of the Go-Birds pod. Elliot Shore Parks driving back from Washington and boy oh boy is that, uh, I, I-, I want to get into that a little bit too because I think Dan Snyder <laughs> deserves a little bit of a chuckle uh, and really just all out embarrassment as uh, we are standing here at uh, 10 o'clock this morning before Doug Peterson takes the podium with really a lot of good news here, Elliot. I mean, uh, Nick Foles has uh, just got bruised ribs, according to Mike Garofolo. Looks like he's going to be a go for Chicago. Uh, Doug Peterson is standing alone in the 2016 uh, coaching class as Adam Gase and uh, Dirk Cutter get the axe uh and then side note marvin lewis i have actually got fired by the owner he didn't remove himself today eight new head coaches are around and i'm glad that we don't have to be in that situation as a fan base and as covering this team uh elliot how are you feeling this morning
1: so i am never one to make fun of make fun of somebody for a bad take because lord knows i've had my share of yeah but but Imagine being Michael Lombardi this morning. <laughs> and Doug Peterson is not only the lone coach to be remaining from 2016, but he is also the coach that just, yes, certainly Foles obviously played a role, and we'll talk about that, but just rebounded his team back from a 4-6 and six record, a devastating loss to the Saints, two devastating losses to the Cowboys, and they're now the team nobody wants to play in the playoffs. So, a very good day to be Doug Peterson, a very good day to be an Eagles fan, and definitely a good day to be Jeffrey Lurie, unless, of course, you're worried about the quarterback
0: controversy. Yes, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I'm sure they, uh, that'll uh, that'll actually be a controversy once they get uh, past Chicago, and we'll get into that uh, as well. Mike Malarkey, Adam Gase, Dirk Cutter, Hugh Jackson, Ben McAdoo, Chip Kelly, uh, all gone in 2016, 29-19, a Super Bowl win under his belt. And a very, to a lot of people, unlikely playoff appearance. As I know, we were kind of debating that on Saturday there, Elliot. But mm. what was your kind of takeaway from everything? I mean, I was uh, so I watched the entire Bears Vikings game. I, I was half paying attention to the Eagles because I was just like, whatever. This is more important. But what was uh, what was it like? Kind of being at that, uh, I will say awful state. First of all, how do you guys see anything in that press box? That is so going to be the re- worst press box in <laughs> the history. It really,
1: it it really is the armpit of the NFL. I mean, that place is just the stadium's disgusting. It's like not to make fun of the area because I'm sure there's some nice parts of it, but like it's not even in Washington. It's like out, you know, it's far out. Like it's just the worst trip of the year. It's just a terrible, terrible situation. But. Look, I mean, the press box there is terrible, but the good news was for yesterday, you didn't even really have to watch the Eagles game. I mean, we could get into a little bit if you want, but basically they dominated after a little bit of a slow start. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, I spent most of my day on Twitter trying to follow what's happening with the game. Eagles writers were kind of yelling updates through the press box when things happened. There was uh, some members of the Eagles front office sitting in the press box, and you know, the PR staff obviously, so they were following along. So it was really a wild day. I mean, and then also just because the press box is so terrible, you can you can basically hear everything that the fans say right in front of you. And, I mean, you know, they were yelling updates to each other. It was mostly an Eagles crowd. The Redskins fans at one point tried to troll Eagles fans by doing the skull chant, but that was <laughs> short-lived. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, like, I don't know if I can compare it to the 44-6 to 6 day in terms of everything that had to go right, but it certainly was. I mean I mean look, it's the day Eagles fans are gonna remember everything went their way that had to go their way. Kirk Cousins blew it and that was really kind of the feeling at the stadium. It was during the game, it was like it's happening, it's happening, it's happening, and then the locker room, after definitely some celebration, I was I was pretty impressed at like the mindset of the team. It wasn't a mindset of oh my god, I can't believe we're in, we're so lucky to be in. It was a mindset of yeah, of like, all right, we're in, now let's take care of business. Like having seen the way they celebrated last year after each win and all that type of thing, it was nowhere close to that. It was much more like, all right, we're in. Now let's take care of business.
0: And it uh, certainly feels that way. I mean, Malcolm Jenkins was uh, uh, clearly evident of that. <laughs> he was saying, let's go kick in the fucking door and all that. You know, that's uh, that's the mentality that this team has, has kind of had going into this thing. And it's uh, it's it's pretty exciting, I would say. there's There's definitely like a lift from... Um, you know, hearing that to, to I, I don't know, like I, I can't even really explain it, but the fan base feels it for sure. Um, and uh, I know that they are kind of feeling it there too. And you even said right after the game, and I agree with it, I I uh, I would have picked the Bears out of anybody that you have to face right now. Uh, and the narrative, at least for this morning, nationally and locally, is like, man, I, I don't know why the Bears wouldn't want to choose Minnesota why wouldn't they want to choose Minnesota especially the way that they handle them and they would have to go in but um I, I agree I think the Bears kind of I, I don't know if they made a mistake or, you know in the short term or whatever but I would feel as confident if I was that Bears defense if I was Matt Nagy, I was playing at home I know that my young quarterback plays best there I I'll I'll take my chances against a a really beaten up Eagles team but um, why do you think that the uh, the matchup is not easy, as you were uh, clarifying yesterday, but the, the team that you would want to face right now would be the Bears?
1: Well, so the funniest part about the playoffs is, this happened a lot last year, at each round, like, the different fan base will get in my mentions, like, really mad at me, which is funny because Eagles fans are also mad at me. So, like, whenever <laughs> they do, whenever they do that, like, they think they're being tough, like, oh, we're going to troll this guy. I'm like guys, like, I deal with Eagles Twitter 24-7. Like, I promise nothing you tweet me is going to have an impact on me. But, so, I, I tweet last night that, uh look, I, and I agree with what you just said, and so that's what I tweeted. I think this is the ideal first-round matchup for the Eagles. That doesn't mean they're going to win, but I just think if you could pick an opponent out of the NFC, I mean, you know, maybe the Cowboys would be your other one, but uh the Cowboys have beaten Eagles twice this year. So, I'm not so sure you would go with that route, but... Look, the the main advantage the Eagles have over this Bears team maybe the only advantage, but the main one is playoff experience. This Bears team has not played in a lot of big games as a group. I looked it up this morning. If you look at just their key players, so not like a random backup that never plays, they have a total of 28 playoff games between them, and only eight of their 28 players on the roster have played in a playoff game. You want to guess how many combined Eagles games the Eagles have on their roster uh, in
0: the playoffs? To Wait, Way too many. <laughs> a a yeah. lot. Yeah, yeah. What's the number? Uh,
1: uh, it, it was like 120-something. Oh it was over God. 100 more than the Bears. Now, obviously, part of that is because they just went to the Super Bowl last year, and a lot of their players got experience from that. But another part is my- Michael Bennett. You know, this is a, a, a game where having him is an advantage. Golden Tate has played in a lot of uh, playoff games. Lodi Nada has played in a lot of playoff games. I mean, there's a lot of guys on this roster. that have have played in big-time games, and that just isn't the case on the Bears. Now, a lot of Bears fans are tweeting me, well, the Eagles just won the Super Bowl last year, and they didn't have a lot of playoff experience. That's fine. That's a valid point. I'm just saying the fact is the Bears have never played on a stage this big, and there's a reason the Eagles' playoff run last season was so miraculous, because they weren't supposed to do it. And I think the Eagles have a big advantage going into Chicago. It's going to be the primetime Sunday game. It's the biggest game of the four. And I'll just be very interested to see how the Bears respond to that stage, especially Mitchell Trubesky.
0: Yeah, uh, and I don't think he handles it well. And that's the part where I I know if I'm Jim Schwartz, I would attack him at every, 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 every opportunity that you get. And, you know, this is this Chicago team is it's really good and it does get really creative on offense. Um, a lot of the time. I mean, we we know that just from you know looking at uh, most of what they run in Kansas City. We know because Doug runs a lot of the same stuff there too. Um, uh, and I I really like how their offense operates, but it goes right into the teeth of what the Eagles are great at stopping. And yeah. it's it's the same on both sides. Both of these defenses are excellent against the run. Now, the Bears have the advantage. They're they're, they're way more dominant on it. They have an underrated, I think, defensive line as a whole. Everybody fo- focuses on Khalil Mack for good reason, but that front seven is ridiculous. So, honestly, I really do think this comes down to can Mitch Trubisky outsling Nick Foles and I don't think they can. You know that's that's the big part of this thing. What a, what a statement!
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just can cra- anybody can anybody outsling Nick Foles at this
0: point? <laughs> Not in the playoffs. You give me you give me slinging Nick Foles in the playoffs, and I I again like you. I feel really confident going into uh, this game with uh, with the situation uh, with Foles versus Trubisky. Well, let me Trubisky.
1: make a, uh, a quick point about what well, you're talking about: the Eagles' offensive line versus their defensive line. So. First, like, doing some initial research into the Bears, past what I already know, like, they are an extremely good team. Like, let's not get that twisted. Oh, they're, like, they're
0: excellent. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah they're, they're fantastic.
1: There's, there's very few weaknesses they have. I mean, really their biggest weakness might be kicker and special teams, which in a close game is obviously a big deal, especially when you factor in account that Jake Elliott, yes, he can be a little inconsistent, but he's definitely a clutch kicker. I mean, you know, if it comes down to a field goal at the end, Eagles would feel more confident with their guy versus their old guy, Cody Parkey. But the, the Bears' defensive line, I agree, it is obviously elite, and the fact that everyone focuses on Khalil Mack does sometimes overshadow the rest of it. But what I will say is the Eagles' offensive line is playing really well right now. I'm not going to sit here and say they're the best offensive line in the league. I'm not going to say they would win the matchup versus the Bears. But I, but I do think that they are at least capable of holding their own. And I, I really think the Bears, as a team, as a, as a whole, they go where Khalil Mack takes them. Like, that's the heartbeat of their team. And the Eagles, I know he moves all over, and the Eagles better hope that he doesn't line up against Jason Peters a lot, because that would be a major issue. But what the Eagles can be confident with is is if Khalil Mack lines up against Lane Johnson, that's a matchup Lane Johnson can win and won last year. I mean, he, he dominated Khalil Mack last season. I think Khalil Mack had one quarterback hit when he was with the Raiders, no sacks. So I do think that, Yes, and it's, that's taking take another way from the Bears defensive line, but I think it's a very good matchup for the Eagles, uh, with their offensive
0: line. I do too, but I will say this. I mean, like, we there were a lot of people like, Whoa, what happened to Khalil Mack of the Raiders? And that that defensive line did not help him at all by the time right. that matchup was happening and this is just this is different. Although I will say, very confident that Lane can handle him. And that's going to be a really, really fun to watch. And yeah, um I have the Jason Peters needs to stay in for four quarters. You know, like and that's what you got to hold on to. Because if big V gets in there and they just go, okay, flip that, it's going to be a nightmare. Like if you thought Clowney was 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 a problem. Like it is, it is going to look like a clown show if uh right. Mac lines up against him. So I'm with you on there, and it's it's so stupid and cliche. But that is where this game is going to be won or lost. It, it really yeah. is, you know. And 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 not letting Tariq Cohen go out and do funky stuff to you, and and all of that. And people are going to be upset by by the yards. But honestly, uh, this was this is going to be a to me a. A, a semi mid range scoring game where it's going to come down to the last two minutes. Like that's how I feel about it, Elliot.
1: I agree. And so one thing I looked up last night uh, on your best friend's website, Pro Football Focus, who so I know you love so much. Love it. Yeah, love him, But I was looking up looking up how Trubisky's done against pressure this year because going into that Rams game, one of the reasons I was very confident Eagles would win that game is because Jared Goff is terrible under pressure. And the Eagles are just simply not going to lose to quarterbacks that aren't good under pressure because they get enough pressure consistently with their defensive line. Trubisky was, I think it was 10th overall among the starting quarterbacks this year when it comes to handling pressure and his quarterback rating. So he can do a good job with that, which I do think when, you know, making my prediction, that's like a definite red flag for the Eagles potentially losing this game. He's done a much better job uh, handling pressure this year. Reading some of the stuff, the Chicago beat writers have read Seems like he's been much smarter in terms of checkdowns, getting the ball out quicker. That's not good news for the Eagles because Tariq Cohen in the open field could be a major problem. I mean, Rasul Douglas has been excellent tackling, which is certainly encouraging going in. But, look, I mean, they're going to have to get to to Trubisky and uh, and hit him and and sack him. I mean, you you can't just kind of apply pressure without any result at the end because he's very good against it. Um, But, look, I agree. I think it'll be... I think both teams will get in the 20s, something around there. I think, I think it'll be something like that. But for the Eagles, I think an absolute key in this game is to come out early and send a message and not fall behind quickly. Like, I think back to the playoff experience thing, and I think, honestly, you saw it yesterday with the Vikings. And if you're the home team and you're playing a game you're supposed to win and things don't go well quickly, like, it snowballs so fast. And if they can jump out on this Bears team 7-0, you know, 13-3, it's not so much that the lead is insurmountable for the Bears, but I just think again, with the playoff experience, they would really kind of potentially shrink to that moment. So I think the beginning of this game is going to be
0: absolutely crucial. Well, and, and you mentioned you know Michael Bennett earlier before, and I still remember um, last year when the Eagles went into Seattle and the first the first couple of plays, Uh, Michael Bennett got to Carson Wentz and then started talking to him immediately and got in his head and it threw off Carson the entire game. That's what you're looking for. You're exactly right. There's um, especially there in Chicago like it is it's basically the same kind of fan base it is in Philadelphia and you can quiet them down uh quickly uh in in the same way if you kind of take charge of that and just go man they can't get anything going here here or here or they're settling for field goals instead of touchdowns or or whatever it is and uh yeah and you really just have to well and we'll have to see throughout the week too like Anthony Miller uh got dinged up uh he's been uh, he was one of my favorite uh, uh wide receivers in the in last year's draft class and uh, really, kind of came to shine. They really like using the boundary a lot on deep shots. I feel like Mitch Trubisky loves throwing that sideline pass, and it it works, man. I mean, they've been they've scored a lot of of touchdowns that way. Allen Robinson will probably be back healthy again. Um, you know, I, I don't. What would you do? I guess offensively to this Bears team. And I know it's easy to say, well, it's twelve personnel and it's Ertz and Goddard, but could we finally actually see uh, Golden Tate kind of maybe actually shine it <laughs> during this playoff yeah. run and make make everybody feel a little easier. I mean, he's played the Bears many many times. I think that's uh, at least something to note during this time, but what would you what would you do against this Bears defense here, Elliot?
1: Well, look, I mean, obviously we already talked about the offensive line versus defensive line, and although I think they can hold their own, I don't think this is going to be a game where you want full sitting back there and waiting for plays to develop down the field. I just think in terms of the pressure that the Bears will be able to get, even with the offensive line playing the best it can, it's going to be there. And also, I and mean, we can talk about this a little later, or get into it now, I mean, the fact that Foles is going to be dealing with some version of a rib injury, I know there was a report this morning that he's good to go, and it's just bruised injuries. I mean, it's not injuries, just bruised ribs, not cracked ribs. That's certainly encouraging. But the fact is, you don't want him taking a lot of shots to the ribs. He's left the game the last two weeks, crucial time versus Texans, and then, you know, missed, I think, 40% of the snaps versus the Redskins. So, that is something to keep in mind in terms of long-developing plays and making sure you're protecting poles. But back to Golden Tate, this could be a game, and look, if he does, has a huge game and leads him to a win, maybe we think, look at that third-round pick differently. But this has to be a game where if you're going to do short crosses over the middle, you know, get the ball quickly, Tate has to make plays after the catch. That's his specialty. He's played the Bears a ton. Um, get it to him over the middle on short plays where foals him back in the pocket a lot and see what he can do against his Bears secondary. But... In terms of the twelve personnel, I agree. I mean, you want Goddard out there a lot. I think uh, he's he's a player that's built for this type of game. You know, it's gonna be cold. It's gonna be a tough game. He he, I think he'll be good in that spot. Uh, but let's not overlook my boy Alshon. Right? I yes. Mean, he's uh, a <laughs> he's uh, he's been uh, he's been great recently. You know, I'll I'll sit up I'll, I'll stand up and say that. I mean, he has been physical. Bulls has been giving him shots with the ball. Going against a Bears team that I don't. He played once i guess yeah in philadelphia since he left uh and i think he had a touchdown again if i don't if i remember correctly but uh yeah I, I mean look i think on offense like i said short crosses over the middle uh get alshon the ball and uh make sure you don't fold in the pocket for too long
0: yeah it is um it's it's pretty outstanding to uh to sit here and and hear those dulcet tones of you saying <laughs> your boy alshon jeffrey my boy uh, that's right i said
1: all along
0: it's all i've ever said He's number
1: one elite receiver
0: yeah no. yeah yeah that's right all along uh i um uh yeah, yeah and that's a that's a great point too there's there's a there's a lot of that going into this um not that you need the extra edge of like yeah chicago should have never traded me or whatever but this is this is this is this is, this is part of it uh and yeah. uh and, and yeah and that just kind of leads to uh some of the momentum going there too and yeah and uh i'll, I'll say it the um the the small X factor in this football game is going to be Wendell Smallwood. Oh, I, all right. I like I, it. I, I think that, you know, again, against aggressiveness, we all know the adage. If, if defenses are really aggressive and they're going to get after you and, you know, uh, the Bears like pressure along with just rushing four because they can go and do that. Vic Fangio loves to blitz, loves to be aggressive. Uh, so you're probably going to see a lot of screens. I, w- I would say a lot of screens, a lot of jet motion, a lot of eye candy uh, against the Chicago Bears defense. And uh, that's n- nothing different than what uh, Nagy preaches. Uh, on the other side of the ball there, but I think Wendell Smallwood. This is for you, Fly Sixty Four. Wendell Smallwood is going to have himself a game, and he's going to have to have himself a game. And and we mentioned it on the post game pod, but like he has clearly shown that out of all of this mess uh, that was happening here, uh, besides obviously Darren Sproles now back too, the two of them need to kind of take over this game. And I think you never you, the the usage of Josh Adams should be incredibly small. Uh, you know, here and there, but I think it's Wendell and it's Darren and it's speed. And um, I, I like them coming out of the backfield in, in this one. And I, I, I never thought I'd say that, Elliot. <laughs> but it's yeah, well, uh, Wendell's time. The
1: other option, too, I mean, who knows if they'll play. But again, like by them advancing, I mean, Mike Wallace, you know, took part in practice last week with limited both days, didn't do any team stuff. Again, it's the playoffs. He hasn't played this week, too. I'm not going to sit here and say you could count on him to come in and, and make a big impact. But He's still, I think, you know, again, by advancing in the postseason, you give him another week to uh, to get healthy, another week to get in practice. I wouldn't rule out the idea of him being active next week.
0: No, neither would I, and uh, that would be a, a nice surprise. And uh, listen, as long as he doesn't eat up <laughs> some of that twelve personnel that we were talking about, and right. uh, I, I'm fine with it. But um, I think you do need as much speed as possible, and who knows – you know, how many snaps, just like you were saying, or how, what kind of football shape he's in. But um, that would be that would be nice that all of these, you know, uh, well, the take could hold up, too, from, like, week four. Like, all these guys are going to get healthy at the right time, and they're going to come yeah. back in, and, uh, and and that would be nice. And, yeah, anything to compliment Alshon Jeffrey, to compliment Golden Tate and Nelson Aguilar. I, 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 Jordan Matthews. Oh, yeah, Jordan Matthews, I apologize. Yeah, big-time right, games yeah. And might not be in the – I saw that tweet. It was very nice to slid him in there.
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot. Of, it could have been a lot of – this Sunday could be. Last game for a lot of big-time players. Jason Peters, Darren Sproles, Jordan Matthews, Nick Foles, big guys, <laughs> made big plays for this team. So, you know, the uh, ride continues,
0: though. Fantastic. Um, what was uh, – real quick before – did you catch any of the, the – like I saw a ton of videos of the Eagles fans staying <laughs> – uh, at FedEx Field and uh, and just so many so many cheers uh, while they're watching TV like in the concourse there were there any Washington fans hanging around for that just like I, it was crazy to hear just echoes of Eagles chants um, throughout the stadium that was uh, did you catch any of that you know what's funny
1: uh, so with all the trips this year it feels like every game we're talking about the Eagles Eagles fans taking over a stadium. But I will say this week was legitimately like an Eagles home game on the road. I mean, it was insane. And also just, I mean, when the game was out of hand late and everyone could see that the Eagles were going to win, a lot of Redskins fans that were there left. But even when I would say it was at capacity, I would say that it was legitimately, like not exaggerating, 80% Eagles fans. I mean, it was insane. And then afterwards, even after I left the stadium, like an hour, hour and a half after the game ended, uh, I was walking and back to my car and the Eagles bus were getting ready to leave. And I would say there was around hundred fans waiting there just to tear the buses as they walked away.
0: So the so awesome.
1: Eagles fans definitely showed up and, and I will say the cool part about that is this game, I mean, very very good chance it could end up it would have ended up meaning nothing. I mean, it wasn't like this was a play in your in game. The Eagles needed the Vikings to lose. So the people that made the trip up there to a terrible stadium, uh, worst trip of the year. Uh, they definitely deserve the credit and uh, reward they got of being there for that win.
0: Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome that uh you get to do a little celebrating in enemy territory and um it probably won't change Dan Snyder's mind at all about anything. So, congratulations no. to Let I'm me t- ask you a uh, let me ask you a quick question. Yeah.
1: So I don't want to get into a big quarterback debate because we have you know
0: some important football oh, to talk about. Elliot, we uh, were doing so well, man. We're doing know, so well. I know,
1: I know, but let me. But I, let, let's not even turn this into Carson versus Wentz. Let's just turn this into this. So Nick Foles, we can both agree, probably going is going to play, but is not going to be a hundred percent. I mean, he's definitely going to be dealing with some type of rib injury. I mean, and then Nate Sudfeld has played well in you know very court, uh, short stints. Any any part of you, if you're the Eagles, of making Wentz a healthy backup? Uh, healthy is a stretch, but man. I mean, you know, like, I mean, there's no denying there's a decent chance Bulls can end up leaving this game with an injury. Good defensive line, rib injury, you know.
0: Jeez. Um, no, uh, you no, know, you can't. Like that's you're only two active QBs anyway, uh, and you can make that change if you need to. If you know. Foles goes down. I mean, you go to Sudfeld. You go to Sudfeld, uh, and and that's that's that. Like, there's just you can't because you you one psychologically, you just can't do it. Uh, and if Foles is down, and then and Wince is there, then that's easy. You know, Nate backs up both both of those guys. If you want to call them one A one B starters, you just no, you can't do it. You can't do it because right. it's because if he can suit up, then he should be playing. That's that's how I look at it. You know, and I don't think right. the I don't think he's holding himself back. Obviously, but uh, no, I don't think he can. You can't have him unless you know, unless Foles goes down.
1: I well, unless Foles goes down, you mean? Like, cause like if Foles goes the Bears, down, the, week, they they,
0: they beat the Bears. Foles goes down somewhere. Nate Sudfeld has to take over, and they still manage to pull it out. Then the next week in New Orleans, like Carson should play.
1: Can you imagine how? Like again. How, just how unfair it would be to Carson if it, he he comes back and the first game he has to play is in New Orleans against the Saints on the road in the
0: playoffs. <laughs> uh, yeah remember the worst game of your career and yeah. the end of the season okay, cool no no big deal oh, so let me
1: throw this let me throw this out there. Not sure if it's really a hot take or not okay. but I honestly feel like if let's just say you know Foles goes in he gets hurt the game is still manageable. Like, I have a fair amount of confidence in Sudfeld. And I'm not, obviously, it's a very tough spot. Great defense for it, all that stuff. I get all of that. Yeah. But I feel like, for, for considering he's your third quarterback, I actually think that the offense would run pretty well if he stayed in there. Um, now, of course, I talked about playoff experience. He wouldn't even have any game experience. So that would right. be very tough for him. But uh, I agree with you. I would not make Wentz a healthy, a healthy kind of backup, even though he wouldn't be healthy. But, I mean, just a guy that... Would give you a better chance. I, uh, I would keep him inactive. I wouldn't open up that can of worms, and I would have just enough confidence in Sudfeld where I wouldn't feel like all hope would be lost if he had
0: to go in. Yeah, same because it's not like a. I don't think he's a. Um, you need to manage the game with him in it because right. uh, he's got he's got enough tools to you know move the offense, and he's shown that a couple of times, and sparingly, obviously. But uh, yeah, that would be like I said. Hey, I thought I thought Wentz was seriously injured, and I just said, and Nate Sudfeld Super Bowl run game on a crisp night in Washington. As you rolling on, I, I think the system and these players and what they have here, you can you'll always have a shot, and that's. Something I don't think you'd ever say to, for a lot of a lot of NFL teams, but they have a they have one of the best quarterback situations in in the league, and again they're proving why. Even though I thought you should have moved on from Foles, uh, and and probably still should have, even though if they win the Super Bowl, I know it's crazy, but whatever. I'm not going to get into that because uh, I'm I'm going to enjoy the ride, and uh, you get to go to Chicago, so you know deep dishes That's on you, right. man. <laughs> you know, I will say deep dish pizza is complete trash, though. Uh, see, now that's 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 is someone that has not had a, a good deep dish pizza because here's my hot take deep dish pizza, the truest Chicago deep dish pizza, is better than anything in New York or New Jersey. That's just the truth. Like, it is just, uh, I, I think it's it's this, this East Coast bias constantly of like, oh, I can't fold it or I can't take it with me, it's not by the slice. It's it's awesome and done it's, properly. No, it's it's, it's fantastic. Awesome. It's, yes, it's it is. It's soup. It's soup. Basically, how is it soup? Where have you eaten anything? It is perfectly right. layered. It's it, most deep dish pizzas should be about an inch, an inch and inch and a half thick. The cheese should be on the on on the uh, on the second layer of it. The tomato and the sauce is up top, and you cut it, and it's delicious. It's so. Here, awesome. all
1: right, so hold on. Here, let me let me say this. So the one I've been to Chicago three times. And I've had deep dish tea, pizza each time. One time I definitely had it at one of the places that I would probably say is like the Geno's of cheesesteaks. Like, you know, like a touristy place everyone says you have to go to. I can't remember the name. Right. So I will, I will say that probably was not the best version of deep dish. But I just think in general, it's, it's just trash. I mean, like, it's not as good as regular pizza. It's too <laughs> thick. Like, it, it's soupy. Like, honestly, what is it soupy? Was, ha- what does that a-
0: mean? What does soupy mean? Do you, like, did you, what, Ma- uh, Ma- Malinoli's? Is that where you went? I don't remember the name, to be honest. That sounds maybe familiar.
1: But it was, uh, no, it's just like, it's all, I don't know. It's like, like, you can't pick it up, like you said. You can't really fold it. Like, you have to use a
0: fork and knife to eat the pizza. You don't. You honest. don't. Yes. You don't have to. Well, that's what I'm saying. I, did, I had to. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, Between Lou's or Gino's it, Easter, like all that other stuff that's in Chicago, like it's I don't know. I think there's a definite East Coast bias of like, oh, how dare you! And you know what? Like Chicago is a way be, uh, and it's a better regular pizza town than Philadelphia by far. Like wow. it, it crushes it. It crushes it. It's um, yeah, and so people it need to get like over. I you rooting it.
1: for the Bears. Is basically what I'm basically right that's now.
0: what I'm saying. I'm saying All right. <laughs> <laughs> Chicago <laughs> is the most underrated pizza city, and it kicks the crap out of most places on the East Coast.
1: I thought I thought that just like pasta is better cold. I thought that the deep dish pizza was far better the next day when it was a little more congealed and wasn't as like you know eating soup around there. it was soup. like a bread bowl. What does
0: that mean, soup? It's just like I, I don't even know what you're looking at. I don't even know what kind of pizza you Neither had did if, you, I. if you're Neither saying did I. soup. Like if it's if that is the consistency, you had a bad deep dish pizza, my friend. That's that's well, all when I'm, I'm there saying. This
1: weekend, thing. you tell me where to go. I will try a piece. Okay, and I will give you my, my official Elliot pizza reveal.
0: Okay, cool. And if you uh. Can't make it out to Chicago. Uh, You can always do, and they're obviously not a sponsor or anything, but uh, Taste of Chicago is fantastic. (laughs) And if you want to experience Italian beefs, uh, which I would probably recommend going to Chicago anyway. uh, I have had that. Yeah, they're fantastic. So uh, Taste of Chicago for all the naysayers out there. Elliot, drive safe, please. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll have a lot to talk about throughout the week. We appreciate it, man. Yep, sounds
1: good. Talk to you later.